Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Due to copyright issues, you will hear a message from Pastor Matt Roden without the worship songs. But you can hear the entire service on the gfcflorida.com website, GFC Florida Facebook, or the GFC Florida YouTube channel. We hope you enjoy today's podcast with Pastor Matt. Welcome back, everybody. This is my wife, Carrie, right here, and she's going to help me out here. And let me tell you how this gets started. So I had this great Mother's Day message idea. I ran it by Carrie, and she said, this stinks. And I said, fine, you do it. And we got in an argument, and now here we are. No, but uh, but really, she's going to help me out with this because, honestly, I can't describe being a mom to a mom. So, Carrie, tell them a little bit about you. Well, in addition to being your wife for 17 years. Yeah, longest years of her life. Yeah, especially the last couple of weeks. Yep. Um, I'm also uh, Sophie's mom. She is 15. Will uh, just turned 12. Lily is 10. And Lulu is 8. Four kids. Yeah. And normally Four. I like to stay really behind the scenes in the Roden family, but not yeah, today. She's way more introverted than me. And so but I appreciate you helping me out with yeah. this because I Desperate know this, time. Is, this is not your comfort zone. That's right. right. I know. Um, so let's get right into it. What's the biggest challenge that moms face? You know, I think mom face moms face so many challenges, yeah. um, especially right now in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, but I think deep down, moms face a challenge that they really don't want to talk about. And it's that we know how important our job is, mm -hmm. but we see the needs in front of us. They feel so overwhelming. And sometimes just deep down, we're not sure that we have what it takes to meet those needs. So it becomes, I'm just not sure I'm enough. Mm. When have you ever felt like that? Well, uh, it happens at different times for different moms. Um, for some people, it happens as they're even trying to become a mom, as they're dealing with fertility issues or adoption issues. Some people uh, really are face that feeling when they wake up one day and they're parenting on their own. For some people, it comes when they are dealing with uh, a new diagnosis. Um, for me, in all honesty, it has happened multiple times as I've uh, been on the mothering journey. Uh, the first time was actually um, as a new mom, which is funny because I went into being a mom very confident. I have a great mom and she come from a long line of great moms. And I just felt like it was going to be the most natural thing in the world. Uh, and then on top of that, I read all the books. Mm -hmm. and you made me read all the I books. I did. Too. I made you read yeah. all the books. I had a great plan for how we were going to parent. Um, yeah. And then I had this high need baby who I, there were times where it just felt like her needs were greater than what I had left to give. Right. And so I definitely ran from that feeling uh, as much as I could. But that feeling has found me at various times um, as, as we've had more kids. And honestly, as our kids have gotten older and then they start to encounter hurts that I can't make better on my own, right. that's really emphasized my feeling of not being enough to meet their needs. Mm. So how do you deal with that feeling? Well, I have dealt with it in two ways and, and neither one of them has worked well. So I'm gonna try to share about both of them uh, to help somebody else avoid them. The first way I call the Martha way. And the Martha way comes from the story of Mary and Martha, which is in Luke 10. And it's kind of this awkward story. Jesus is eating at the house of Mary and Martha and Mary's sitting at his feet and she's listening to him. And Martha's trying to get dinner ready. And she's like, hey, you know, Jesus, if, if you guys want to eat, you need to tell my lazy sister to get up here because dinner's not going to cook itself. And then Jesus corrects her. And he's saying, no, she's doing the important thing. So the Martha mentality is basically what? Work harder. 
Yeah, just if I work harder. And that doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. So what's the other way? So the other way is once you've sort of realized that the Martha way does not work, sometimes I go to the opposite extreme, which I call the Elsa way, which is I'm not enough, so I'm just going to let it go. Everything, whatever from the movie Frozen, which we had to watch 400 times. That's right. So the problem with the Elsa mentality is that I'm abdicating all the responsibility that God's given me. Because when I read verses like Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, always remember these commands that I give you today. Be sure to teach them to your children. Talk about these commands when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road. Talk about them when you lie down and when you get up. And when I read those verses... I realized that's a lot of responsibility. That sounds like a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Right. Yeah. So clearly God is not telling us to let everything go with our children. Right. And I think it's interesting about the Elsa mentality, letting it go, because like an example would be, you know, when your kids, let's say you got a two-year-old and you got people over and your two-year-old runs in the living room naked. Okay. Well, it's kind of cute and funny when they're two, right? But now when they're 20 and they do it, well, now it's disturbing, and now we gotta get professional help, right? Yes. You know, it's and like because we let it go, it's like at a point we didn't correct it and come in and take responsibility, right? Yeah, and we've had things like that in parenting that we've let go for too long. So if it's not the Martha way of go, 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 work harder, and it's not the Elsa way of let it go, it's all gonna work out, how do you raise successful children? While we're actually not called to raise successful children, we're called to be faithful parents. That's big. Right. So the important thing for me as a mom is to know my role. I've got to know what my role is and what my role is not. Um, I'm not called to be God in my child's life. I've got to let God be God. Then my child has a role. And because of that, the outcome is not totally dependent upon me. So your role is to be... Faithful. Faithful. So what does being faithful look like? So being faithful looks like a mixture of trust and training. Okay, so trust, trust and training. Talk about trust for a little bit. Well, trust is actually, sometimes we think of trust as being this abstract concept and we think about, oh, when our kids are born, I I trust you with my children and that's a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a very active process where daily I am going and and releasing that child to God and getting my marching orders from him about that child. Because without that, I'm not going to know where I need to focus my training and I'm not going to know what to let go. Because the reality is there are some things in our children's lives that we do need to let go. And then there's some things that we need to let go for now. But if I'm not in constant communication with the Holy Spirit, then I'm not going to know what those things are. So without daily trusting the Holy Spirit, you're not going to know sometimes where to focus or where to not focus. Right. And and you need that too because, again, kids and plans change all the time. I mean... Right. We make a parenting plan, and then our kids come in and turn that plan upside down. Yeah. And so that's where that daily trust that's always right. kicks in and, you know, kicks into gear. Now, talk about training. You know, when I think about training, again, what I want to do... When I think about training, I look at the verse again. I want to show it one more time. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. Always remember these commands that I give you today. Be sure to teach them to your children. Talk about these commands when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road. Talk about them when you lie down and when you get up. And I bring that back up because that can sound 
a little overwhelming, but there's a million ways to do this, right? Right, yeah, it's gonna look different in every family. And the main thing is you're gonna wanna get to know your child and know what connects with the child. And you're wanting them to walk away with how much God loves them and how, because of that love, that's going to change how we treat others. So really the end game of training, no matter how you do it, is the, the kid loves God and they love people. Right. Right. And so, um, and what's some of the ways that we've tried to train? Talk. One of the ways that we, we uh, try to train in our house is with family devotion time. But now family devotion time. Is a disaster. Like a I'm just, and I'm a pastor and I feel bad about that. But it is just, I mean, fights break out. Yes. Kids run in naked. I mean, it's just supposed to be Bible time. Yes. And, and then you got the kid that opens up. You know, like, well, I think God could work on this in me. And then their sibling speaks up and says, I, I can tell you a few more areas where God can work on <laughs> yes. you, right? So we have that so on a regular basis. We yes. did something different. Yeah. So we're always looking for ways to make that better, to make it connect with our right. kids more. And so one of the things that we did recently was we sort of turned the tables on them and had the kids start leading in family devotion time. Yeah. And so when they started leading it, there was more of an ownership. There was. They, they, you know, they were just more, instead of me reading, you know, knowing the ark and they're boo, you know, whatever. I mean, not, not that they do that. I'm just saying it was just different. It you was. Know? They're good kids, I promise. But anyway, so, but it was just. It yeah, was they were more engaged. Right. So Carrie, what do you say to the mom who feels so much of the time that they're just not enough? I say you feel that way because it's true. We are not enough on our own. The job is too big and too important for us to do on our own. We have to remember what our role is and actively trust. And we have to trust, and this is tough for us as moms, we have to trust that God loves our children even more than we do. Right. And that he knew my weaknesses and he knew my child's weaknesses, and yet he still chose to put us together. And that brings me to a verse that I really cling to in parenting. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks for what you have. And because you belong to Christ Jesus, God's peace will stand guard over all your thoughts and feelings. His peace can do this far better than our human minds. And that's a promise that I really need as a mom. So, and, and that verse is really talking about daily coming to God with everything, and then He gives you peace in return, and that's a daily practice. Right. You know, um, so let's talk about how this, let's give a nitty-gritty example of how we've had to do this in our own lives. Okay. So. so we had a, a situation recently with one of our kids that we would have classified as defiance. Mm -hmm. It was a, I need you to do this, and the child said, I will not. Right. And that was sort of a crisis point for me a little bit as a mom because typically an issue of defiance is a battle that I want to win. Right. But in the moment, instead of doing what I would normally do, I stopped and I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit specifically for help with this child in this moment. And I feel like I was prompted to call a friend and get her advice. So I called and she actually gave me advice that was the exact opposite of what I would have normally done. And she used this illustration I thought was interesting about a finger trap. Right. You know, if you've ever stuck your finger in one of those old finger trap things, the more you pull, the, the tighter it gets, the worse it gets. So she was saying, you know, the more you're pulling, the worse it's getting. So right. what did you do? So what we did, instead of requiring obedience, which is what we normally would have right. done, I said, fine, 
you won't do this. And what happened was the situation, instead of exploding, actually diffused. And the child's demeanor completely and totally changed, and she actually wound up doing exactly what I had asked her to do. Okay, so I'm going to ask what everybody's thinking, right? Because people are watching this thinking, well, yeah, she got what she wanted. So, And I'm going to say her because it was a her, okay? so, But didn't she just get her way? She got her need met. She was acting the way she was acting because she was in pain. So when I stopped and validated the pain, it allowed the situation to diffuse and allowed the child to regroup. Mm. So it was a matter of me saying, Holy Spirit, I need specific help for this child now. So that begs the question, is it more important to stick to your principles or to stick to the Holy Spirit in a situation like that? It's more important to actively trust the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit wins in me, the whole family wins. Mm. I could have stuck to my parenting principles in that situation, right. and it's not that I would have been wrong, but I would have missed the opportunity to meet my child's needs. And the Holy Spirit sometimes is the only one that's going to know right. like how to do that. So how do you listen to the Holy Spirit? I mean, on, just describe that like on a daily basis. What does that look like? Right. Well, I, I can only tell you what that is like for me. In that moment, I, I did literally feel a prompting of, you need to stop and call this person. Um, but what normally happens for me is that the things that I'm reading, the people that I'm talking to, and the scripture that I'm encountering all start to say the same thing to mm -hmm. me. And then I always uh, double check everything against scripture to be sure that whatever I'm hearing lines up with scripture because I know he's not going to contradict the word. Yeah, and really it all falls back on scripture. And it, I think it's cool how God gathers um, so many things going on around you to have a conversation with you, like conversations you've had, experiences you've had, even a movie you've watched to have right. this conversation with you. Sometimes that's the way the Holy Spirit works, you know? Right. Um, yeah, but if I'm not in scripture daily, I'm missing an important piece of that conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully this has been encouraging. I got one more question and this was sent in. Um, what is the best gift for Mother's Day? Now, Matt, did that question really get sent in? Or are you just trying to figure out what to get me for Mother's Day? Well, there's no need to get in any of that, but what is the best gift? That's what, that's what some people wanna know. Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I would think big. So if I make a picture with popsicle sticks or if I trace my hand and make a turkey out of it or anything, that's <sighs> not... Y'all pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll have to step it up. So, okay. I want to thank my wife, Carrie, for being here. Thank you for being with me. And I'll come back in just a few moments with some closing thoughts. You know, one of the things that Carrie said that really hit me was when she was talking about following the lead of the Holy Spirit trusting God on a daily basis, letting God rule over our reactions and our responses to everyday life. And that's easy to say, but that's hard to do. It reminds me of a verse, Galatians 5.25, that says, since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't some mystical, crazy, weird force. It's God's voice speaking to us. The question is, are we listening? And when it comes to everyday life, maybe the better question is this, who's really leading? 
Those are questions that we have to wrestle with. And maybe you're watching this and you think, well, I'm glad God speaks to her and maybe God speaks to you, but you know, I don't, God doesn't speak to me like that. I, I don't know how to have that type of relationship. And I want you to know that God, the Psalms tells us that God delights in the details of our lives, that God does want to speak even into the everyday details of our lives. The truth is he wants to have a close, personal relationship with you no matter what you've done no matter where you've been, God wants that type of relationship with you. And the good news is sin is not the issue between you and God because Christ was the payment for that sin. And so if that's you and you, you realize like, you know what, I, I want that type of relationship, would you just pray with me right now? Father, I come to you and I believe in what you've done through the cross of Jesus Christ and I receive that gift. I receive your forgiveness. Wash away my guilt, make me new, make me whole. Begin to heal me. And Father, I receive your Holy Spirit, your voice into my life to guide me from here on out. Because God, I don't want you to just be Lord up there. I want you to be Lord in here from now on. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. And if that's you, would you do me a favor? If that was you and you made that decision, would you text FORGIVEN to 813-265-4151 and let us know because we would love to encourage you in every way we can as you walk forward in this relationship with Christ. And as for all of us, maybe, maybe you, you're already a believer in Jesus, I would just encourage you, lean into the leading of the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's not, that's not what you would do. Next time, do what the Holy Spirit would do and see what happens. Because I'm gonna tell you, God will work in our homes when he's working in us. We'll see you next week.